Kilda, everybody, called Janelle Rikiwaka Tene. I am Janelle Rikiwaka. I am here today representing the Energy Academy, and I have the privilege of sitting down to have a kōrero, a bit of a chat with Kanchana um, from Ika, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Uh, Kilda, Kanchana, welcome. Kira Janelle. Kilda, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role? What is Ika? That's a really good first question. Um, just in case there are listeners who aren't quite sure, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Kanchana, Kanchana Marasingha, and um, I'm the, the Portfolio Manager, Energy Transition Accelerator uh, at Ika. Ika is the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Authority. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a government agency, um, mainly tasked with tackling um, energy-related emissions and, uh, in, the, uh, in New Zealand. Uh. Fantastic, fantastic. That, I can see why they went for ECA. I, they've got a long name, so I think ECA was a fantastic choice. Um, energy, such an important kaupapa for us here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, uh, and you've been doing some amazing mahi in this space. In particular, um, there's a new report that's come out. Can you just tell us, just at an introductory level, a little bit about um, Rita, Tell us about RITA. RITA is a program, uh, uh, Regional Energy Transition Accelerator. It is a program developed to um, understand um, the decarbonisation challenge that we have in, uh, in, in, in a particular region and um, all across all the regions. And we will, eventually we will cover all the regions, but the, um, uh, the released paper is on Mid-South Canterbury and we have released uh, Southland uh, in last year. So it is basically focused on business emission in that region and uh, what is required to uh, decarbonize that um, emission and how we how we best go about it and uh, what is the uh, uh, challenge we have um, and how the supply side could uh, support that um, acceleration of that decarbonization in the and what information um, we need to really develop um, a good decarbonisation pathway for that region. Fantastic. So in layman's terms, decarbonisation, it's, it's about taking the carbon emissions out of, um, or out of the emissions, the emissions that businesses and, and factories and other organisations are um, putting into the atmosphere and how we might do that efficiently. Is that a good summary or have I missed something there? It is, it is. In a sense, it is um, the fossil fuel that they use. When we say fossil fuel, it could be coal in mainly in South Island, it could be gas mainly in, in North Island. So how can we transition from using these fossil fuel, coal or uh, gas, to a renewable options like biomass or electricity, uh, for an example? Fantastic. And, and I guess, you know, we have had um, an abundance of access to things like coal here in the South Island. So um, I guess potentially what was a uh, and easily accessible option, now now as technology and, and we know more and we do better in the energy space, we've got more options for businesses. Would you say that this is a something that, that organisations and listeners should be thinking as a, as a quick fix, is this a is this a long journey, a short journey? Are there incremental steps towards it? What, how would you summarise sort of what the report is talking about in terms of its recommendations? Yeah, it, it is 
transition is the key word there. Transition. And how do we transition from um, uh, coal, um, using coal to a more, much more renewable option? So um, we want it to be fast because we are already late and, mm-hmm. and taking action. So we needed it to be a stage process. But since we are already late, we need the, the um, really act on the next few years to uh, reduce as much as possible of this fossil fuel use. And um, you mentioned coal being easily accessible. And in some cases, it is cheap as well. But mm. we, we, we have recognized now it is time to act. And renewable options are easily available and we need a bit more work to um, get some of the uh, um, some to scale it up but it is it, it, it's proven that it is available now we can act now technology is here it's just making sure we really do due diligence on information that we have and develop a really good business case uh, to invest confidently and act as fast as possible. Mm, fantastic. So what I'm hearing is a sense of urgency to transition um, into more renewable uh, forms of energy. And is, is, that, is that a good summary? It is. It is. Because yeah. this sector is, um, we call it, a, we feel industrial emission can be a threat, um, uh, much more uh, comparatively, much more easier than say, for example, agriculture sector, mm-hmm. the, because we have the technology. And some of the the um, emission is coming from, I think one-third of it is coming from, um, um, two-third of it is coming from um, lower temperature use and low uh, below 100 degrees or below 300 degrees. Mm. So we do have the technologies now, such as electrode boilers, biomass boilers. So we can, we, we have the technology, we have the skills and we might need to do a bit more work on the skills, uh, scaling it up, but we can act now. Mm, fantastic. What are some of the constraints or the consequences of decarbonising a region in a short time frame? Because I'm hearing the urgency. So so I'm wondering, um, I guess I'm, I'm thinking from a business perspective, from a leader's perspective, potentially, they're thinking, okay, well, what, what are going to be the barriers? What are going to be the constraints for us to do a whole region um, in a relatively short time frame? More oftenly, the, these, some of the investments are multi-million dollars. So mm. business needs to have the confidence to invest such a, a large amount of money into the decarbonisation. So the, the, the key barrier we see now is um, the information barrier. So information barrier could come in different forms. So it could be the long-term cost of uh, uh, renewable options or long-term availability or sustainability of that um, supply um, uh, side um, uh, renewable options. And and these are the key elements that you need to develop a really good business case. It goes for both ways, like the businesses, the process it uses, and also for the supply side, because supply side need to know when the demand is needed and uh, and how much is needed. So if they are to um, invest confidently, they need to have some sort of a commitment from the uh, the business businesses or the public sector or the process it uses in, in, in the region, where they're heading and what options they have, because they have many options. They can go electricity pathway, they can go um, biomass, and most importantly, the demand reduction and, um, and or heat pumps. They can act, they can take these uh, um, options. So 
it's really important for the businesses to have that commitment made as early as possible so that the supply side can invest on this infrastructure or the skills they need to support that acceleration that we we all expect in a region mm. in in generally New Zealand. So I mean I'm a, I'm going to make an assumption that there's not going to be a one size fits all sort of, you know, um solution, energy solution, that it really is about deeply understanding the needs of your organisation. And like you said, supply comes into it as well in terms of sustainable solutions. So so is there, a, I guess, what's the recommendation that, that, that organisations deeply scope what it is that they're going to need and sort of try to forecast for the next wee while? Like what's the report recommend around how to go about this? Yeah, I think the key recommendation and insight from the report is the there are many steps in the decarbonisation process. Mm. So if I take an example, Mid South Canterbury, we we in our study we 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 said there's about 150 individual projects for 33 businesses in that region wow. that are considered. So there are many. So some of these steps are economical not complex and some are some are complex and uh, and need lots of initial investment uh, so it is staging it and and understanding that and acting on ones that are easier and um, we can go like the demand reduction itself can reduce 30% of the emission in mm. the one particular region so those those demand reduction projects are um, mainly less complex and um, not not that capital intensive. So you can reduce 30% of emission if you would like today. And then stepping into that and um, full switching projects also, you can stage it. And if you have, mul- if you're a multi-boiler um, um, using site, you can start by converting one boiler or replacing one boiler with electricity. Mm. And that might get us a long way to achieve that um, uh, commitments that we have made as a New Zealand um, on emission reduction. Mm. So potentially there's some quick wins. There's some there's some semi-immediate changes that could be made in this space that could make a real difference while you are, I guess, planning out a longer journey for your organisation. Is that is that true? Exactly. Yeah. That is true. And But the key point is understand your full journey because mm. then you are... Um, you have the confidence to invest on that early steps because you know what your uh, the next steps are, so you can really plan the whole journey, and you can actually commit to the whole journey at once once you understand the the sure. the, the steps there are. So, but you can stage it, so you can act, implement the easy ones quite soon, yeah. the next year or the next few months, and commit to a three-year project for the full switching and um, that gives the supply side the confidence to bring in the, the resources that they need and plan their their investments um, um, uh, efficiently as well. What I'm saying is efficiently is uh, as a business, you're looking at your individual pathway, so that's unique to you. 
and maybe uh, the next door neighbor, the business is looking at their individual pathway that is unique to them. So they they only have that picture. What that's what has Rita done is you know bring all these together and given a supply side the information. These are the individual businesses what they would do. So then rather than every time a one business wants to uh, want uh, extra capacity for an example in a, in electricity infrastructure, you're bringing a 10 megawatt and the next business one you're trying to bring another 10 megawatt. But if you had done that, you know, looked at all the businesses and they all need 30 megawatt in the next few years, you can straight away go for that 30 megawatts. That brings efficiency because if not, you're managing three or four projects or you're, you're, you're investing on three transformers that match the, the 30 megawatts or sometimes some of the projects could be sunk um, investments because you had to replace that 10 megawatt transformer with a 30 megawatt transformer when in few years because the other businesses want that. So having that clarity and um, through RITA, it gives them really good, uh, initiate good discussions with all the parties and invest confidently on and future-proof that uh, long-term investment. Fantastic. I, I'm hearing opportunities here for genuine shared collaboration in terms of you know, finding the appropriate solution for your organisation. is. Would you agree that a shared approach could be appropriate for many of, of these organisations? Yes, yes. And um, I'll use the industry's term, it, it is a popular term called uh, um, um, first mover disadvantage. And we see both in through retail insights, we see first mover advantage or first mover disadvantage. I'll, I'll go into the details. Uh, the... First more disadvantage is if you have a really uh, stretch transformer in, 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 in that substation or a GXP, whoever who comes first will have to bear the total cost of that upgrade of the transformer. Mm. And um, so in, in the other way, first more disadvantage is if the transformer has some capacity and if you're within that capacity, your cost of investment will be quite cheap because you are getting mm. but the next one who comes will be at the first more disadvantage so what does Rita has done is because this clarity that we provide um, through the Rita insights you can eliminate or you can smoothen that first more disadvantage by maybe collaborating few businesses coming together and share that shared um, investment uh, that is required to bring in the capacity for everyone in that region. So that's one example of uh, some of the efficiencies that we see from having this collective uh, region-specific information. That's so fantastic. I mean, first of all, I guess I'm hearing, you know, this could save you money, um, which I'm sure all businesses are interested in. Um, but secondly, I think this group approach to genuinely investing in our environment and like you said decarbonisation is going to be a really successful pathway forward and again could open the door for other forms of collaboration between those businesses. I'm, um, I'm wanting to know if you could go into a little bit more depth about the decarbonisation pathways that you've mapped out uh, in the RETA reports and how they were developed. 
Yeah, uh, decarbonisation pathway uh, mapping is one of the key things that uh, the RITA um, process does, and it's quite important. Um, before I move into the um, explain the decarbonisation pathways, I'll explain what is currently happening, and that would tell why it is important. Right. What is currently happening is distribution companies and the Transpower wants to know what the process heat users will do in the future so that they can plan their investments, and the process heat users wants um wants to wait till the last minute because all these other parameters that keep changing, the biomass price offers could change till the last minute and the electricity prices mm -hmm. from the gentailers could uh, wait at the last minute. So they want to wait till the last minute to make that decision because that's the much more informed decision. So, but that's not helped that process of uh, having that efficiently. So what we what Rita has done is um, these most of the decisions are based on economics. There are other considerations like the brand value and all this stuff, but unfortunately we can't sort of model these things mm. because it's a strategic alignment and all that. It's not quantifiable, so the economics is the only thing that we can sort of model it. And once you model it, that, that gives us at least 80% of the, uh, the confidence that they are these process heat users will either choose biomass or this way or the uh, demand reduction. What's the um, what's the quantity they need? So that gives that confidence to the um, uh, the all the parties. So the the we have done um, as part of the region. We have done four decarbonisation pathways. So the the first one is the BAU. We call it a business as usual. So that is built on other ETA information or publicly available information um, that what we find is that's the slowest uh, the pathway because most of these businesses um, uh, from publicly available information will act when the coal ban is coming on in mm. 2037 so everyone will have a big drop in that close to 2036 and then we looked at okay we can't have this because we need to act faster and our commitments we need to meet our um, uh, decarbonization national commitment so we need to act faster so we have looked at okay what what are the, the what is the linear pathway linear pathway is if we have if we have the options to manage the resources and and um, in a structured way and if if, if it has a much more smoother uh, straight line sort of a, you know, from now to 2037, how, how we go about it. And then we have done a MAC optimum pathway. MAC optimum is, MAC is marginal abatement cost. It is looking at, at what point the, um, the, um, uh, the project economics become cost neutral to the current options, to the renewable options. And um, so that tells two things, you know, what is the best uh, the renewable options is it the uh, the biomass or the electricity or when to act because we have looked at uh, climate change commission demonstration pathway ETS um, uh, forecast and say if it is first match and this year that project will be economical at that uh, uh, year mm. when I say economical cost neutral so that gives the timeline uh, information and also um, which full is the best uh, renewable option. And then we have overlaid, if we bring in um, uh, funding support and how fast can we go? So that's the most accelerated pathway. And 
in one particular region in Southland and both Mid-South Canterbury, we have seen that 75% of um, emission reduction in that region can be economical by 2025 if we, mm. if we follow MAC Optimum or MAC Optimum Plus funding pathway. Wow, that's a huge reduction in a relatively short period of time. So I'm hearing that going going relatively fast, I guess, is, is not necessarily going to cost more. Not, not to the businesses. It could be cost neutral. That's wow. the information that we are um, um, uh, communicating through this uh, uh, report, the mm-hmm. RETA first planning stage report, is how economical these projects are. And um, and um, we also recognize what are the other barriers, like the infrastructure could be a barrier to um, implement these projects at that time. Mm. Skills and capability could be a barrier if you don't act fast. And those are the, the messages we communicate to the stakeholders. Uh, and, 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 and the key thing is the collaboration. So to address these barriers, either perceived or, or actual, and we need to collaborate and collectively act. If we, if we do try to act individually, it's going to take a long time than if you act collectively. Mm, I really like that. So I, I, key things I'm hearing are collaboration is going to be an effective way forward. Um, and the other big part of this is is the sense of urgency. And, and so um, no matter what the data is in terms of what we need to do by when, actually um, starting as soon as we possibly can is going to be the successful pathway. So they're the two main points. Is there anything else um, that you think in terms of the pathways that are important, that's important to mention? Um, I, I think that balance of um, renewable options and um, um, so using the uh, biomass and electricity, that, that becomes... Um, um, cheaper for everyone so for for example we we also have a pathway called BAU biomass centric and that that means anything unconfirmed decisions are the confirmed decisions that they have already made unconfirmed decisions that they haven't made a decision yet but they they want to make a decision so if all those decisions go biomass pathway we need a lot more resources than mm-hmm. the MAC optimum uh, pathway so when we say when we need a lot more resources, that 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 won't be for us residues, and then we'll have to step into the uh, lower grade um, uh, export logs, and then we'll have to uh, step into the uh, the prune log, uh, and um, those these are the log grades in the forest industry, and prune log are the most expensive um, um, resource from mm-hmm. the forest industry, and we don't advocate using prune logs for biomass but uh, if if we do that it's going to cost more and that would delay that uh, the MAC number will be higher that would delay that project but in most regions we have seen a mix of these hybrid solutions like 60% electricity 40% biomass and that's going to be cheaper for everyone. Mm. Actually you've raised something that I was wondering as I was just listening to you speak then um, around what what the potential 
investment into our infrastructure network might be and what the report might have said around that. Because I imagine as people embark on this journey to find solutions, we have the the potential to cause other challenges in other places in, in terms of particularly um, the infrastructure that's set up to be able to supply these new solutions. So, so what, what would you? What did the report say about that? Yeah, what the report says is we need the need infrastructure faster, mm. and we need to act now, and we have to set up and whether it is skills and capabilities or the equipment, because from commitment to implementation. We have seen with the supply chain constraints and everything, it could take up to uh, two to three years mm. from the commitment. So if you don't commit now, so we're, we're talking about three years ahead. Mm. So if we commit in 2026, the project will be only be implemented in 2029. Mm. So if we want to go faster, we need to commit now. So that's one of the key things. And um, the, the understanding of what's the infrastructure um, investment required is uh, quite important because there's a, sometimes there's a perception in the industry um, new electricity infrastructure could be expensive, but how expensive? Uh, sometimes we don't have that information. That's one of the key aspects of retail to provide that information. If it is expensive or whether it is cheap or expensive and uh, relatively expensive and how expensive it is and are there uh, cut-off things? When I say cut-off things, is you know, a, a business might say, "I want a twenty megawatt boiler," but twenty bringing twenty megawatt in could be twenty million. But if you can slightly come down an eighteen megawatt, you might squeeze with the existing infrastructure, and it could be only two million. So mm-hmm. there's a there's that information that is key for um, making this project, um, um, that's why we call it a much more informed decision. So, mm. yeah. I think that's really important. It's, I guess one school of thought could be if we go too quickly, there might be new developments or new technology. But going together, I think, and being deliberate in that journey and collaborative in that journey will help to sort of uh, support decisions and enable innovation as you go is that a fair comment it is a fair comment i think um, there is always that hesitancy technologies improving every day but we can't afford to wait Mm. and see okay because we we know the technology will be different in 10 years Mm. even for example phones you know it has come a long way but we can't just wait we need to add i think there's much more developed technology in the heat pumps and and um, and, and electrode boilers and uh, and and biomass uh, boilers is proven and uh, it can operate quite reliably as well. So so it's just that we need to act now, but keep an eye on these developments so we can always bring in those uh, when we when we want to. Mm, I think what um, talking about new technologies. Um, I'm getting a strong sense that that's going to be part of this journey is branching out um, into areas, well, businesses branching into areas that potentially they haven't been uh, before and exploring new technologies. What kind of skills and capability gaps do we have in the sector for for this going forward? And 
and who are sort of who are the key players in this space? Who should businesses and organisations be looking out for? Um, uh, yeah, it's a really good question. I think the main point there is, you know, there are quite a few players, everyone, and the technology um, applies um, across the board, or whether it is a supply side or the process it uses, um, uh, or any other party that is involved. And um, the, the technical know-how, and we do have quite a lot of technical know-how, but we have to keep improving and mm. keep up to date as well. So that's our those who are developing business cases like um, um, energy consulting companies or the engineering companies, though those will be project managing or designing these uh, new projects, and and same goes for supply side and how do we how do we um, bring in new technology to recover more forest residues and how do we change our harvesting mechanism to recover more forest residues because the primary focus at at, at, at current is the export market. So how do we bring these changes and shift? And and uh, that is at the design space and, and the project implementation stage. And then um, if you looked at cold boiler, then you, you have a licensed boiler operators maintaining that now mm-hmm. because of high pressure equipment, so it's quite risky and you need that sort of a skills. And, and uh, not maybe, uh, as I understand, not many people are going into that mm-hmm. sector now, but if if we bring in if we replace that with an uh, electrode boiler or a heat pump, um, it's much more simpler to operate and um, uh, still there's safety and all that. But th- that skill set is quite different to a, a high pressure boiler operator, mm-hmm. a cold boiler operator. It's more heavily towards the electricity and the electricians or the trade people in that in that sector that we need. So that that skills and capability transition or the training that we need, we have to plan it now and mm-hmm. and before the transition. If not, we will um, face challenges in operating and we might conclude that as because the, the equipment is not reliable. Mm-hmm. As it, it is not. It might not be because it is that we don't know how to operate it. Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't know how to operate it, but it, maybe there's much more efficient way of operating it that that shift needs to happen that transition needs to happen so it's collectively we need to work towards it and i think um, um, one of the one of the economic development agency um, had a message saying to the businesses tell us what the skill sets you need and we will go and talk to the um, the uh, training providers universities uh, regional or nationally and try to bring in that resource into the region so that's quite key as well absolutely because uh thinking about the skills capabilities expertise we're going to need in this space is um that's a bit more of a marathon isn't it in a sense you know we need to bring people with us and make sure that they have the capabilities they're going to need to engage effectively with these new technologies and and the new solutions so i think that's a really important aspect of it One of the um, things I just wanted to touch on, I guess, is I want to circle back, if I could, just to the pathways. In essence, is there a recommended pathway or or are several of those pathways recommended and it's more about finding the one that's going to work for you? I think the the key point for us is that we are recommended that Mac optimized pathway right. and optimal pathway and that's what we think is the uh, cheapest and the fastest pathway and 
but recognizing the fact that I mentioned that we are modeling based on economics only, that we do recognize businesses have other other priorities like strategic alignment, brand value, and uh, their preferences. We do recognize that as well. As much as we could stick to that Mac optimum pathway for that region will be um, faster. We believe it will be faster and much more cheaper than any other pathways. Fantastic. So there you go. Um, Fano. if you're listening, the Mac um, pathway is going to be the one that you should you should look at first and see if that works for you and take into consideration all of the the um, important aspects of your business. I just want to um, finish up with asking you, um, it's been such a great chat and I feel like we could chat about this for much longer, but um, I do want to ask you about what you feel are the key takeaways um, that you would like our listeners to come away with from this corridor. And the key key thing is um, recognize that the uh, we need to act now, and um, we can act now. It, it, it as I said before, um, most of the projects are um, not um, not expensive than the current options, and it could be economic uh, as uh, soon as uh, twenty by twenty twenty five, and and um, the key message is we need collaboration we need to work together and distribution companies transpower process heat users economic development agencies and um, any other regional stakeholders gentailers biomass suppliers aggregators we need to talk to each other help each other understand each other and share information optimize uh, the business case and and work together to achieve the as fast as possible, reduce the re- regional emission. Fantastic. Act now, go together. They're the sort of key takeaways that I am hearing. I just want to thank you so much, um, Kanchana. It was, it's been fantastic to have a chat with you. Um, thank you for the work that you and Ika have done in this report. Uh, and I'm really excited about the future. Um, I want to encourage you all that are, who are listening to take those two takeaways, act now, work together um, and to pick up this report and really give it serious consideration because uh, we do need to act now. There is a sense of urgency, but we have got amazing opportunities to work with others around us so that um, we are finding solutions that are going to work for our whole region. And I think that's really important. So thanks so much, uh, Kanchana. It's been fantastic to talk with you today. Thank you, Jenny. Kia ora.